maybe somebody listening will have a, something to say about our basement, yeah. which is now currently got a little water in it. <laughs> but uh, it's that's, not a flood. Uh, listen, I don't want to right. dwell on this because I am very yeah. curious about something I heard this morning. What's that? I understand that you know when you when you live in a community that there's always you know little things that one has to put up with from time to time. But I understand that there's been a, some road um, work done behind your trailer, and uh, <coughs> I, I wrote this down, so I want to make sure I got this right. So there's been some resurfacing of the road behind everyone's trailer there at your place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, apparently somebody, and I, I don't want to say who yet, but somebody is uh, upset because what's happened is the resurfacing behind the trailers at Fred and Dan's Park has uh, taken. Uh, um, it's made a. a it's we, we, a word I have here is country road ambience. It's it's ruined the country road ambience. Maybe Fred, you can explain a little bit of this because I'm not 100 percent sure what I'm looking at. No, I, I'm I'm at a loss. I I can't explain it. That's the. Thing. <laughs> um, I'm at a so, loss. I I can't. I I'm just happy we have a new road. Because I've I've been I'm coming up there visiting you guys for a long time, and I, you know I I love when you get off the highway and you you head down the road and you pass all the trailers and you and then I always like okay there's Dan's trailer there's Fred's trailer I get very excited, but I have noted over time that. That road is uh, has been in in disrepair. Dan, what do you say about that? <clears throat> well, <laughs> over to me now. Yes. So, so here's a. This road is more. This road has been a little bit more like a um, you know a cross between a, a country road with you know gravel and that kind of thing and yeah. a, um, a path for a pasture somewhere in there, but it's very quaint. It was like a one lane road, trees yes. overhanging, sure, and relatively narrow, but uh, you know not so narrow you can't get a trailer down. All right. Okay. Now. Over time, it's been packed down, so it's uh, you know saw it's it's fine on the feet if you walk out there in your bare feet. Uh, and what's been ha- what, what happened is that they decided to uh, and you know I understand the uh, the park here decided to resurface the road. Now in the process, what they do is Did they, they put, put it in down, a super highway. Is that what happened? super highway <laughs> kind of experience? They put a proper foundation with uh, you know three inch uh, gravel and then the main main uh, base and then above that. They put a, uh, uh, you know, three-quarter inch stone or a quarter inch stone. I don't know, somewhere th- three-eighths inch, something like that, where it's, okay. it's a coarser crushed stone. In uh, other words, they did it correctly. Um, yes. If you're a country road, you know, driving at 80 kilometers an hour down the road. So right. now uh, I, it's taken the quaintness out of it. Oh, but my okay. biggest issue was that when, they, when the big, huge grader came down the road, and it was one of the biggest graders you can imagine out there, it, you know, carelessly uh, tossed all these stones onto my little piece of grass between the road and my trailer. Uh-oh. So that's what happened. And, right. I, and I, three times I had to go out there and claim my grass back. Well, I get all that. But I just love I just love the phrase country road ambience because it really is just <laughs> it's just a isn't it just an access road so that everyone can get to and fro their trailers? Yeah, so my dog Clifford, I took him for a walk. He's a little more tender on the road Aww. because, you know, it's all the sharp edges of the uh he wasn't so enthusiastic about that walk. <laughs> Again, I asked if they could put sand on top of it. I think, can you just do my little section here in sand? And that was so one section with sand. 
Yeah, sure they, I show, I'm sure they loved that request. Yeah, they were just said yeah. But they listened. again. This is this this is uh, this again is you know with all that's going on in the world a great example of like first world problems. Oh yeah. <laughs> I didn't bring it up on the show. <laughs> even the, point that out. By the way, even the people in the third world wouldn't have the balls to go. Can you just put some sand here in front of my hut? <laughs> Bring it up, Dan. I've been watching Dan ask for the manager or ask to see the manager for 40 some odd years. This is just another great example. <laughs> Everywhere. Every- <laughs> Everywhere. You think I'd tire of it somehow. No, exactly. I love it, though. That's my favorite thing about you. You never tire of, of fighting injustice wherever you see it. Country roads, Dan. Yeah, man, that's my favorite. Dan, listen, if you ever, anyone listening, ever needs, I think this should be your job in retirement. If you ever need somebody, and Patterson would be good at this too, but Dan has made a life's work out of fighting injustice. You need somebody to call your, you know, whatever company you're doing business with, and you need to them, for them, for, you want somebody to get to the bottom of your problem. Call Dan Duran, injustice fighter. I, I know he dabbled in politics a bit with the school board or whatever. Yeah. But, Dan, you're not too old, man. You could... I don't know who you'd run for, what kind of a crazy party would have to be created that you could be a member of. <laughs> but just think if you could somehow get elected, that pension and everything that comes with it, and the 175 grand a year. Sure. Just hang around for six mm. years and have the pension and all the great work that you could do between now and then. Fighting the injustice of this of this country, this province, your county. Wow. Now, what did you run for? Um, like, just remind me. Uh, school board trustee. School board trustee. Were you, did you go to the, again, I apologize if I've forgotten. Did you have signs and such, or did you? Yeah, I had signs, yeah. What was what was your sign? Did it say Dan Duran for trustee? But I had Colton draw it, so it looked like a kid did it at the time. It was you know years ago, it was ten years ago. So that's cool. The real problem, though, with it, trustee was spelled wrong, so he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, you, you should have said Dan Duran for trust me. Yeah, trust me, I'm Dan Duran. No, that's really one of my. You know, I, I remember the first time I saw it in action. Well, I shouldn't say the first time, because I remember you used to fight with the engineers at CHAB. But when we were away, and we told the story recently about all of us got high, and we were at a hotel, a really fancy... We came off the beach at a fancy hotel in Hawaii, and Dan had the... I don't even know where you got it. He had the temerity to ask the manager why we weren't allowed to wash our feet in their pool. <laughs> the other guy that I was with, we, the two of us were so high, we were just hiding in the bushes while... <laughs> We were, but I just, I, from that moment on, man, I just admired that. I'm like, God damn, he's good at this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so uh, if you're looking to, I, yeah, go ahead. Well, some, and sometimes things seem odd, but he always seems to have a good explanation. So what's the example there of why you should be able to wash your feet in a pool? Because they did not well, provide a foot bath for people okay. wandering <laughs> off the beach. It made sense at the time, but we were just so enamored with the fact that Dan could do it. It was cool. 
Our our feet were quite sandy at that yes, time. Yes, they were because and we there were. was no foot wash <laughs> at the, coming on. <laughs> and the uh, and I and I did that, and then the uh, security, security guy came, came over. <laughs> That, hey, don't do that. And I said, well, what are we supposed to do? Track all the sand through the lobby or whatever? That's what why my philosophy was there. It was, and it was great. But the fact that the security guy said to us, are you staying at this hotel? And we're like, no. <laughs> we weren't. It was too fancy. Mm. All right. Well, there. That's it. It. It, was, uh, it was a very, another Dan Duran. Injustice yeah. fighter. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, oh man! Uh, you, Freddie was telling me that uh, the weather up north is is great. It was it was pretty good here yesterday. I know we talked. I actually called today's show. It looks like the weather stopped sucking for a while, but but uh, I think you guys had warmer temperatures. Although it was around twenty one here yesterday afternoon. What was it like up there? Uh, twenty one. Was it? Did you get? Did you get yeah, that so warm for you guys? Uh, I think we did. Yeah, um, somewhere in that uh, that zone was certainly. I, I'm sure it was 21. Let me just check here. Yeah, 20. Oh, it doesn't matter. I'm just wondering. It was yeah. warmer no, it was, anyway. It was 21, yeah. All right. And uh, Freddie, you were know. saying that you were sitting out in the dock yesterday afternoon after you did some more dock work? Fantastic, yes. By the way, I can heartily, heartily endorse uh, the non-alcoholic uh, Corona. Nice. Like, heartily. tell me, talk to me about that. Is When you say you endorse it, like it tasted enough like a real Corona? Yes, absolutely. Listen, I'm not a huge Corona guy to begin with. As I've told you, when I go to Florida, I don't, we don't, or uh, Mexico, we don't necessarily drink that. I like a Corona, and I really like it with a lime. Well, this non-alcoholic uh, Corona with a lime is just a beautiful, refreshing drink. There you go. And I'm going to get myself a load. You know, because I like having a beer when I barbecue, but I'm sort of torn sometimes. Do I really need a bar- beer just because I'm barbecuing? You know. Mm. So yeah. this, I'm going to have a stash of them in those situations where I feel like a beer, but I know that maybe I shouldn't have a beer, and I'll have that. I just still, I'm just still laughing. Calories, sixty calories. Yeah, well, that's what most car- of them are. The sober carpenters, oh, sixty calories. You know, um, and that, I'm, and that, hang on, and I had I, one of those. Go ahead. I'm just. I'm sorry. I just. I'm just smiling because he said I'm going to take a load of beer. I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's oh, yeah, good for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you who, who heard that, that? too? <laughs> yeah. I know. It just seemed a bit odd. Like a load of beer. I, I, I'm going to no. get the uh, intern to just edit that out to Fred going, I'm going to take a load. Are you, yeah. Fred? Um, okay. Yeah, so, load. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of Corona. Of what? For, on my Corona? <laughs> I'm sorry, Dan. Now, please proceed with your... Uh, Analysis. I was just going to say that you know, for for a Corona, I'm not going to a Corona for the alcohol anyway. Usually, it's just a refreshing beer. Guys, you're sitting in the hot sun, and and uh, I agree with that. That beer when I had it, I didn't miss the alcohol in it. It just uh, just tasted like a refreshing kind of beer. So yeah, guys, here's my way with the. Here's uh, I know they. I've been telling you this for the last couple years. Think of all the beers we've now shared, Daru. Here, all the different beers: the Klaus Tallers and the Sober Carpenters and the Carlsberg uh, mini cans. My question to you is. And I've said this, I've been having this conversation with Fred for years. If the taste of that beer, the Coronas and now the Heinekens, if it's enough of a beer taste and it doesn't have that weird, sweet, shitty, you know, old school non-alcoholic beers, then what's the point? And I'm not saying this because I think it's a problem, but what is the point of the alcohol then? (laughs) 
we've talked. The I, same I, reason you have a you smoke a joint. I know a little buzz. You get a little buzz, but yeah. but yes. So that's the point. But you don't really need a bunch of that. And as you said, there's times when you just want to have the flavor of beer without having the buzz. Well, I've con- since uh, the Noom started, I've been conditioning myself. I have found a beer, 3%, uh, low carb. It's the Molson Ultra. Now, I resisted trying it for a long time because I thought, ah, I bet it's no good. And then I, just one day I went and got a sampling of really low alcohol, low carb beers, and it was one. And it ended up being my favorite. So the thing is, if I sit and have on a hot afternoon a couple of tall boys of Molson Ultra, that's only like 150 calories and about nine carbs or Mm -hmm. something. I'm not getting a buzz at all. So this just is another step of that transition. Uh, What it does, I think, is it just sort of exercises that having something in your hand on a summer afternoon uh, absolutely that tastes, like, that tastes like a beer you know? I, I get it i'm not i'm yeah. not smoking non you know non-thc weed right. but um that what you just said about the idea of having a beer like it mm-hmm. you know in the first four or five years i guess of me not drinking at all and it's now six and a half years but i i had no interest in you know, having a beer or whatever, but it was a couple of summers ago when I had the first sort of really good non-alcoholic one. And after golf the other day, like I was, you know, I, everyone had a beer on Friday with me and I, I got to have a beer too, but mine just didn't have any alcohol in it. And it tastes, I think they taste great to be honest with you. Right. And, and here's another dimension to that. I get into the craft beers over the last couple of summers. They're thicker, thicker, they're heavier. Some of them are six and seven percent. Like you, when you get a craft beer, you better make sure what it says on the can. Because I've grabbed a couple and thought, oh, that's interesting, and then drank it and thought, wow, I can feel that. And then I look at the can and it's like six point eight or something. Um, I've sort of, again, since Noom gotten off those and i find them very heavy now i don't have an appetite for them so much anymore the thin refreshing beer is more Mm -hmm. what i'm looking for now especially during the summer but i think dan like you Mm -hmm. said or somebody said they come a long way because there was a time i mean when i drank for real i would once in a while try them and i'm not saying like even bex is better than it used to be but there was a time where they were all sort of sweet and they were sort of shitty I've, I've, it's almost like the rare one that I'll buy now that that doesn't turn out to be at least pretty good. And some of them are outstanding. Like, I, I can't remember what we were drinking the other night, Dan. Was it Sober Carpenter or whatever? But I really like that beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't find any the other day, so I got some Heineken. And even the Heineken are good. Like, I, it's weird. I, I've said this to you before. I drink more beer now than I did when I drank. Right. No, I get it. It's... Uh yeah, and as I said, um, uh, choosing these low-alcoholic beers sort of conditioned me that way where I had the one the other night. It wasn't like, oh, I'm missing the buzz because I really haven't been getting it anyway with the other ones. And the thing is, what are they – what's a car – so if you had two bottles side by side and one was Corona with alcohol and one was Corona without alcohol, <laughs> yes. what would the cost difference be? Is it that dramatic? I don't even know. I have no idea. Hmm. I don't. I don't. You, well, I don't know what a regular beer costs. I don't know what these these. I think they're average around three dollars a can of these things that I buy. Really? That I mean, I could like look a it lot up for a non-alcoholic. Well, let's look it up. Three dollars a can. Yeah, that's 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 a, not a buck a beer. That's for sure. 
No. Uh, sober on carpenter. Uh, Two fifty four a can. For what? For a sober carpenter IPA, tall boy. They're all tall cans. So under yeah, so yeah. Most of your craft brew tall boys are in the three fifty range. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, that's a discount. So I, I was right. They're two ninety nine a can. So they're all three dollars a can or so. Wow. wow. Yeah. I'm surprised. But, but, but it's, I, was, I thought you were going to say this. So, so you've got a Corona, and you've got this new Corona, which, I, again, I, I said mm-hmm. this to you a couple of weeks ago, whenever it was, and I got a note from Darren. I said, I saw the billboard. Like The point I was making when I saw the Corona billboard for the non, their non-alcoholic version is there's, mm-hmm. there's definitely been a shift the last couple of years to people wanting less yes. alcoholic beverages. And obviously, there's a market for it because my point was, I saw like, oh, Corona is now making one. My question to you guys is, if you've got the alcoholic one and the non-alcoholic one, is there a flavor difference? Because I I can't make Mm -hmm. that judgment anymore. Mm -hmm. Do you find a flavor difference? I would have to do that. I can't can't tell you that because at the best of times, Corona to me, without a lime, when I take a sip, tastes a little bit skunky, but that's part of <laughs> Does it that's really? part of the experience with a Corona. They, they, that's they, the only way I can explain it. So I'd have to, and I, I so rarely drink them. I would have to have, I would have to do that taste test today yeah. to really. To I, I'd like you guys question. to do because I'll tell you the truth. Like I, it's been you know I used to drink the records red, and that sober carpenter red reminds me of it. Mm-hmm. I was never really a blonde beer drinker, but they have like a blonde IP, and then they have an IPA. One day, Dan, we should do that. I should, we, we should get a, um, a real Heineken, and then yeah. I'll have one of my... You, and I just want to see what you think, because I'd just be curious if there's a big flavor difference with the alcohol. I was going to say, because wine, I know the alcohol obviously makes a big difference to the flavor. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll go out and get a load of beer then. Let's get a load. <laughs> no, no. We'll take a load. No, oh, it's, you you can load. get a load, but Fred wants to take a load. <laughs> you know, um, out on the lake, you know, you have to be conscious of drinking and driving just like you do on the roads. And I was just thinking uh, yesterday or the day before when I had that Corona, I thought, that, you know, you could put three or four of these in a, you know, in a little cooler and yeah. go on a boat trip and suck on those. And you're getting that feel like, hey, I'm having a beer out on the water when... You know, if the OPP zoomed up to you, you could go, ha ha, joke's on you. Joke's on you. Funny you say that. I was heading somewhere a few weeks ago, and I had just finished lunch, and I I, I was going to have a beer with my lunch, and I, like an old guy, forgot that I wanted a beer at one point. So I thought, oh, should I, I'm leaving the house, and I took the beer with me mm-hmm. and drank it in the car because it has no, yeah. I'm like, this is great. Absolutely. Uh, you know what I what I do like to do, of course, is I like to get a little high and then have a fake beer, and I'm like, "Hey, I'm drunk." <laughs> is anyone gonna give me a load? Uh, all right, Dan. <laughs> all right, Dan. Take oh, a load and, of this. And now, yeah, take a load off Annie. And now, live from the country road ambience of Dandaran Land. Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from Humble and Friends Studios in Toronto, the southern shores of Lovesick Lake, and from our newest broadcast facility on the northern shores of Lovesick Lake, the now famous Lori Loveshack Sound Studio, and is brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, and our newest sponsor, Hush Blankets, with their 100-night guarantee. 
And now here are two men who have had their inner souls blessed by the warmth and sunshine they've been pining for and are now ready to complain about mosquitoes, black flies, and goose poop. Yes. It's Humble and Fred. Yes, it's that season. I got my first... The funny you said about mosquitoes, I got bit yesterday for the first time by something. And I looked down, I'm like, oh, well, there you go. There's the first um, insect bite of the 2022 season. Fantastic. Did you turn into a balloon? No, I just give a, I get reactions, though, anyway. Oh, man. Um, interesting show today. We're going to have, and it's funny, at the end of yesterday's show, Fred and I are like, who, we were trying to re- remind each other who the guest was, Jesse... Primerano is the executive director of Stand With Us Canada. If you've been around the city of Toronto lately, you might have seen these billboards. They're around basically fighting anti-Semitism. One of the billboards says we're just 75 years since the gas chamber. So, no, a billboard calling out bigotry against Jews isn't an overreaction. And it's getting a lot of reaction. And we're going to talk to Jesse the director, the executive director of that organization. Dan will be back with his uh, news. Kyle Kirby's checking in. I don't know if you guys heard Kyle's latest offering, but fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm really happy that the kids, you can hear, you can see, because we're getting, he corresponds with us pretty regularly. and uh, Yeah, he's bringing it. He's putting, well, he's putting, at least he's putting some effort in, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because what I like about it, not only is he delivering the goods, but... What uh, the goods that he delivers, he's had to take time to go through the shows and listen for yeah. certain segments, and that takes time. And remember, we had a problem with a lot of the interns that didn't really want to do that. Remember, we used to have them go through and take out interviews and stuff, and it was like pulling teeth for those kids. But he uh, doesn't seem to uh, have a problem with that. No, and, and what you said too uh, is on the contrary. Not only is he, you know, doing it, but he's doing a pretty good job. Like when, when, when anyway, for you people who are listening, when you hear his stuff later on in the show, I, I think you'll be um, impressed. Before we get further into the program, why don't you just start us off with a little tribute? Somebody else that uh, does a great job is Tim Nibble, the retirement Sherpa. Thank you. There you go. You know, Tim is a portfolio manager, Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Tim will be by tomorrow with an update. Hey, those markets are pretty volatile, right? So uh, I'm sure he will lend his perspective to it and bring to it a very calm, uh, collected, rational, logical view of it all. You know, the markets are up, the markets are down. When you have a portfolio, you're in it for the long term. Uh, They tell you that right out of the gate, and I'm sure Tim will... You know, he'll assure us that things will be fine tomorrow. He's the Retirement Sherpa. He's Tim Niblett. He's RetirementSherpa.ca. I don't know how you slept last night. I had a great sleep. But that's not the case for everyone. Millions of people struggle with their sleep. And Hush Blankets are here to help Hush is an industry-leading sleep brand. You may have heard of them. They carry everything from pillows and sheets to their best-selling weighted blankets and mattresses. They even have their iced technology. I love this. It keeps you cool all night long. And their iced weighted blankets and mattresses, if you're looking to improve your nightly rest naturally, Hush is the answer. All right, so if you're looking to upgrade your sleep, head over to HushBlankets.com. HushBlankets.com. And uh, put in the promo code H-U-M-B-L-E. Gets you 10% off 
a nice little discount, especially if you're looking to make a gift for someone. Now's the time to do it. Hushblankets.com. Promo code is H-U-M-B-L-E. Hey, uh, Freddie, mm-hmm. you want to know your personal inflation rate? Really? I can do this for you. Wow. Okay. Uh, this is from the uh, New York Times. It's a uh, quick quiz, and we'll do it for uh, anyone else who wants to check it out. Just go online, New York Times Interactive. Uh, you'll find it. And, and a lot of uh, and the New York Times stuff is behind a paywall, but this isn't. So here's a question. Uh, we'll find out. Your, so right, right now, inflation is the highest it's been in four decades. I don't know what the actual rate is, somewhere in the fives and sixes. Yeah. Okay. Did you buy a car in the last year? No, I didn't buy a car. How much do you drive? And this is in uh, miles. And so it's uh, um, between uh, 400 miles a week, between 150 and 400, uh, less than 150. I don't drive I or I use an electric car. So I, I figured you're probably let's start now in the summertime. You're going to drive 150 miles a week. Yeah, I mean, if you stretched it over the year, out over the year, it would be okay. less. But I, I, let's go with that, yes. How much do you travel? I typically take a trip or two per year. I never travel. You're going to be uh, taking trip a trip or two per okay, year. Okay, yeah, trip or two. Are, are, you, are you a vegetarian? Absolutely not. I am I not a vegetarian. Veg- I, hey, I love vegetables, but no, I'm not a vegetarian. <laughs> okay. Do you heat your home with oil? No, natural gas. Okay. How often do you eat out? This is food now. I typically eat out one or two days a week. I rarely eat out. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) This is just keep it. Come on, mister. (laughs) Do I eat at at home? Come on. Hey. Grandma. Uh, (laughs) um, What are the options again? I typically eat out several days of the week, one or two days of week of the week. I rarely eat. I would say you rarely eat out. Rarely. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you pay for school? You do not pay for school. So your inflation rate is 7.9%. Wow. Yeah, man. Where would that come from? So somebody that... Tr- drives a lot i guess it's through the roof so the average u.s inflation rate according to this chart is 8.5 percent so i'm i'm assuming we're going to be somewhere in that did you do that test i did and you were pretty much the same same as you i guess Uh, i'm the only thing that was different is i uh eat out more than you do right but you know listen that's not for everyone not it's not everyone's thing (laughs) you know I mean, I, a lot of people like, a lot of people claim to like it, but it's not everyone, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> <sighs> so, uh, just a couple quick things. I don't know if you've listened to uh, the latest Smartless. The one Which I told one? you about with Mike Myers. Oh, absolutely. Beginning to end, loved it. Well, I'm glad you liked it. I loved it. I think it's one of the best ones that I've heard in a long time. And it's weird because last night I went to bed early, like, 930 because I wanted to be awake when I listened to my episode of Smartless because of the guest of the, this week and again if you're a Smartless fan um, if you get it on spot on Spotify it's a week after they release it on Amazon Music mm-hmm. so I, I heard this episode with John Mulaney who I really like he's a comedian mm-hmm. and really fantastic writer or whatever and it was just a typical you know uh, you know what? Sometimes they just get so caught up in the bits that they don't really do the interview. Mm-hmm. 
And it was disappointing because I really like John Mulaney. Anyway, the the opposite is the Mike Myers episode. They really let Mike kind of talk and and it was yeah. really cool. Mike Myers. I want to get there's a point I'm getting to. But what did you want to say? No, I was going to just tell you, too, the Dana Carvey, David Spade episode from last week is also Mike Myers. Obviously, he's promoting that Netflix special. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I started listening the other night and then fell asleep. I'm about a third of the way through it it's pretty good too because it's longer it's like an hour and a half obviously him and dana carvey have a history yeah um, well they all do i mean spade spade yeah. you know spade's an snl guy i will tell you something about that podcast because i also listen to it i i have a lot of trouble getting through it with dana carvey he just drives me nuts okay um david spades you know they're neither of them are you know, typical podcasters. They're both very funny, but I find Dana a bit, I don't know, it's hard to put my finger on it, but I'll tell you, that Mike Myers interview on Smartless, it's available now for people who uh, check it out on Spotify. It's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, um, the way they treat Dana Carvey and David Spade and the way the Smartless guys treated Mike Myers, he's almost like uh, royalty. Yeah, it was very cool. Isn't that something, the respect he's got? Yeah for you know what he's done and how he did it and yeah it's something so i don't know if you're going to like this dan and i started watching it excuse me we watched the first couple of episodes it's a six part series called the pentaverate and it's basically i i I shouldn't say let me put let me start again you Mm -hmm. will like it if you stick with it it's Mm -hmm. for all the things that we've been talking about the last couple of years, all the conspiracy stuff, it's all in there. And he does a great job. There's, it's a little bit uneven. There's there's some parts in it that I laughed my fucking head off at. And there are parts in it that made me cringe a little bit. Like the Canadian stuff is it's very it's kind of cute but it's a little bit cringy you know the the accents but you sort of see Mm -hmm. why he's doing it because the Mm -hmm. star the character that stars in this series is a canadian it's not a Mm -hmm. you know it's not about america it's about a canadian coming to america and Mm -hmm. there's just some really great moments in it i don't know if it needed to be six episodes but it's really well done but what's what am i my takeaway from it is two things he's brilliant like he can do these characters he Mm -hmm. plays seven or eight characters in the thing the second thing is for canadians you're gonna love all the canadian references again there's some parts that were a little bit cringy with the hoser shit but overall it's it's pretty well done no i will because it's mike myers yeah definitely i'll i'll give it a chance i'll uh you know i'll see what it's all about but you know the my the smart list i i believe it was in the smart list maybe it was the other one when he was talking about writing and why he writes and it, it's it's just that not so much canadian but just that shy he could never imagine why anybody else would want to write for him like yeah like wait a minute if you're going to do that you got to write your stuff and you got to present your stuff and then to go somewhere and he he could never get it through his head that somebody would actually want to write for him because that's what you do for yourself yeah no i know it's he's very humble yeah very humble yeah you know it's interesting because i it wasn't i haven't heard the what's it called um david spade the fly on a wall 
or something. I haven't heard it yet, but with Mike Myers, you're right. Not only were those guys respectful, but Mike Myers talking about his career was almost sort of shy about it. But you think mm-hmm. that his two of the franchises, Shrek and Austin Powers, made billions of dollars. I'm looking at his net worth. It's $200 million. Yeah. But those just those two sort of, I don't know how many they made, but that's a, a bunch of movies. Just those ones alone. And then you start thinking about some of the other k- sort of kooky movies he's done. I Married an Axe Murderer is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, there's Wings World. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it was and, and it was funny because Sean, I think, was in one of the movies with uh, Mike Myers. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which one, but it was really, it was quite interesting. I've never been a real big comedy movie fan, especially the ones bec- that become a bit absurd. But those Austin Power movies, I just loved. Yeah. I, de- I loved. Like, like, I like movies that are not necessarily, you know, comedy, drama, comedy, romance, whatever. But like flat out comedies like Austin Powers, I'm always like, ah, I don't know. But I really enjoyed those movies. Yeah. Well, your kids, I, my kids love Shrek, but your kids mm-hmm. would have been a bit old, but older, older. Yeah. Mm hmm. But your grandkids will still be able to. They'll love oh, Shrek. Sure. I mean, yeah, they were yeah. just great movies. And think about the first mm-hmm. one, which, you know, Cameron Diaz, Mike Myers, and Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Like, they're really well done. Anyway, this this thing, the Pentaveret, is basically, a, according to what I, you know, he said on the shows there, about it was a, a from another movie he did about a secret society that has been running the world, except this secret society are made up of people that are nice. And they recruit other smart people that are nice to help make the world a better place. And that's kind of the premise. And then, but it also includes every other kooky conspiracy, you know, it's just, it's so well done that way. And as I said, they're, you know, six episodes could have been four, but I stuck with it after, you know, Dan and I watched the first little bit Then I spent, uh, I watched the other episodes through the weekend and it was just really well done. And I think people will enjoy it. You know, if you're like that kind of thing. Sure. Sure. Sounds great. I'm not uh, sure I'll, oh, I'm not sure I'll like t- tonight's uh, television fair. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. What time is that starting? I would imagine it's 730. And are they back home or are they in Tampa Bay? No, they're at home. But it's uh, very interesting because Tampa knows that if they win tonight, they can take it home to clinch the series. And that takes a killer instinct, something the Maple Leafs have not displayed over the past several years. Mm-hmm. So it'll just uh, be interesting to see how the Leafs respond tonight. Again, Marner and Matthews have sort of become invisible the last couple of games. And uh, we'll see. I'm not holding out much hope, but I haven't right from the beginning, have I? So no, you haven't. Uh, I think this will be a good game for them, though, because on the other hand, <clears throat> you know, they they got pretty much handled. Oh, yeah. The last game, the 7-3 game, it, it wasn't even that close. It was more like a 5 nothing oh. game that turned into oh, a 7-3 yeah. game. Yeah. But uh, I, I think it'll be interesting. The, again, like this is their chance to prove you wrong. They don't have to prove anything to me because I don't really care. Prove I'm just everybody. Like, yeah. yeah. No, you're right. This will be mm-hmm. a chance for them to come out and, and show Tampa Bay at least that, hey, that... Mm-hmm. I was going to say manhandling, but can you even say that anymore? But that uh, thing that happened the other day, we, it would be interesting just as a character 
test for the team. And Howard, it, it wasn't just losing that game. It's how they lost. Yeah. Because, again, they were in a position, win that game, you can bring it home to clinch. And there was no fight. So even if it had been a great battle and lost in overtime, it would have been, wow, you know, that was a great game. And, you know, they're playing a good team and they fought to the bitter end. But they literally came out disinterested. And uh, how do you explain that? Like, uh, but again, it gets back to what I've said about this team. Just the, the makeup is just off kilter when it comes to, to playoffs. It's not built for the playoffs. So my question to you is every year, I mean, you're pretty smart observer but you're not the general manager of an nhl hockey team i mean i know our general manager is seven but i mean so they don't they all know this i mean i haven't watched as as people know i don't really watch it during the regular season but i've watched you know parts of almost every game except the one that i didn't realize was on but i i just don't see it i mean i was really impressed the first game but the other game when but they got to be three or four down i'm like well i get i get what patterson means now they just don't seem to have that pushback push that's it they just don't mm-hmm. push back no and uh, you know that uh, what's that syndrome the smartest guy in the room syndrome and i mean it's it's you know you find it anywhere at all levels and you know part of me thinks kyle dubas the kid thinks he's the smartest guy in the room like you know that whole idea of you know he's aware of the next step of where the NHL is going, and he's going to build this team based on where he thinks the NHL NHL will be or what it needs to be. And maybe uh, maybe he's right, but it's just a little premature. <laughs> well, on top of the fact that you didn't, you know, like, and you said this before the thing started. I didn't know who Jack Campbell was, but you can kind of see, like, yeah, the first goal the other night, the Stamkos goal. I always think I'm pronouncing his name wrong. Is it Stamkos? Stamkos? Stamkos, yeah. Like that goal, nobody's stopping. But there were several. Oh, yeah. There were several after that that were just momentum killers. Oh, the fifth one was ridiculous when the guy shot it and he mishandled it with his glove. Yeah. But see, that's what Freddie Anderson used to do. And that separates the men from the boys when it comes to the playoffs. It's not necessarily... How many goals you give up? It's when and the situation of the game and on and on and on, you know? Like Dominic Hasek and uh, Grant Fuhrer were great goaltenders, but they often played in 6-5, 7-6 games. It's just when they needed that save at a particular moment, they got it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure Jack Campbell is um, capable of that. I mean, the, the one I think two games ago, he stopped Stamkos from that from that slot when the Leafs won that game. Great. Super. Keep doing it because you're going to have to if you want to win the if you want to win the series. <sighs> yeah, it's, uh, I, I got, I got uh, buddy Dave coming over tonight. I'm going to make pork chops. I just I made this decision. I'm making pork chops. I was going to get almost did steak because you were talking about steaks yesterday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to do some nice pork chops, rice and spinach. And then I'm going to watch after he uh, leaves because usually uh, just comes over for dinner. I'm going to watch that game until they score until they're down three nothing. Then I'll find something else to watch. We had pork chops last night. It was great. Darren, you know what? I was kidding him yesterday. I feel like it's an episode of Family Affair. And I'm Uncle Bill, and he's Mr. French. <laughs> and, right? Dan's Buffy, and Dan's Buffy and Jody. <laughs> but he's been waiting on me, and I almost feel guilty. Like he cooks, he serves, and then I go, can I help you in the kitchen? No, he's got his own routine, and you almost feel guilty. But 
But yesterday he used the method that you used. He said, you know, I'm not going to do these pork chops on the barbecue. I'm going to sear them, sear them in a pan and bake them. Way easier. And they were absolutely de- delicious. He makes this sort of, and I forget, maybe with the mustard. And yeah, the, the, the pork chop is yeah. the simple one is this. The mustard, honey, that's a standard. Mustard, honey, garlic, olive oil, salt and pepper. Um, and uh, I put a little chili in there. I've done this for Dan, too. And I just marinate them for a couple of hours. And uh, it never fails. So the thing about it is you want to, I, I always take the protein out an hour before I cook it. But the reason I like it in the oven is just find it more manageable. And I'm not, a, I'm not a, I'm not a great barbecuer. Like I can, I can, I can manage it, but I find the barbecue I have, it's a, I can't remember the brand name, but it's a good one. Not, uh, what's the one we used to get uh, sponsored by? Not a broil king. But uh, the other one. Anyway, it's, I find the heat hard to manage. It's just so hot. Mm-hmm. Napoleon. Yeah. Thank you. I have a Napoleon. Okay, Napoleon. Yes, I got it from Rachel. And uh, anyway, I just find it easier to cook in the oven like that. You sear it in a, in a cast iron pan and then bake it. You know, I've never done that, and I'm going to start. Um, You've never done that with like, what? A pork chop or a steak? Steak works fucking I've never fucking started great. on a frying pan and then ended in the oven. I haven't, I've never done that. You have a cast um, iron pan, don't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I just never think of it. or, um, But I'm going to, because I don't like frying, per se. Sometimes I fry pot, uh, pork chops in the winter, beginning to end, but it's messy, you know? You get the, no, exactly. I don't fry them. You, you, splash you, all you, you basically put it in for three minutes or whatever, the, and then you turn it. Aaron said he did two aside or yeah, something. And then you turn it and then bake it. And now, ever yeah. since I've, I got a digital meat thermometer mm-hmm. one that actually works and so i just right. pull it out you know at some point test it and then i put it back in but one thing about pork chops that i i said this to you earlier when we were talking about this a few months ago mm-hmm. that i just ruined them less <laughs> that's why i like them because i just my, my my hit ratio is way better than it is with steak and you know when you do the cooking off and you're a little more critical and darren goes ah you know maybe it's just a little bit too much maybe a little dry but yep. not to me they were just good good and you know you don't always need that barbecue flavor because if it's you know if the if it's if the style of uh, of cooking or a different technique is good it's good it doesn't need to be barbecue yeah i mean i guess that's the one thing with a cast iron pan you sort of don't get the grill kind of vibe from it but again as far as managing the meat i find it way easier uh all right we're standing by for our gig sky guest of the day and as soon as I see them, uh, yeah, there we go. Stand with us. Canada has entered the waiting room. Wasn't that nice? Well, let's admit them. Boom, boom. We hope you've enjoyed this segment today. Uh, we've talked about trailer parks and country roads and all kind of things. We're going to switch gears now. The executive director of Stand With Us Canada. Let's just say hi to uh, Jesse Primerano. Hey, Jesse. Morning, humble Fred. Thanks for having me on today. Uh, thank you for doing this. I, uh, I'm not a hundred. Like, we're old now, Jesse, so I can't a hundred percent remember what the route was to get you on the show. One of us must have seen something. Um, but let me just start off by welcoming you, and by and let me just say, Primerano doesn't seem like a very Jewish name. No, that's a great guess. My dad's Italian. 
uh, converted to Judaism right after my bar mitzvah, coincidentally enough. But he's a uh, born Catholic Italian. My mother's Canadian Jewish. They found each other, so I've kind of got the best of both worlds uh, on either side of my family. Well, and, and and I was going to say, with that kind of parenting, you can absolutely live in Vaughn. You know, you're right on the edge of Thornhill. It's perfect. It is. Yeah. You know what? I, I lived in Vaughn. I lived in Thornhill. Now I live in the city. So I'm right at Ossington and Queen as well. So I've sort of got that uh, Italian vibe here, too. Nice. And, and what would that pizza be like? A filter fish? Uh, <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. People think pineapple on pizza is a huge disaster. You you don't want to try gefilte fish on on pizza. It's just as bad. <laughs> you know, gefilte fish gets a bad rap because, you know, it's funny. I I grew up out west and I didn't have a, exposed to a lot of Jewish cooking, but I gefilte fish was one of the family favorites. Um, you know, I, I've told Fred, and we've had discussions for years, Jesse, about, hmm. you know, the, the sort of unspoken hatred, or not unspoken, it doesn't get as much publicity as some of the other, you know, sort of uh, groups. But And I've told him a couple times, I say, no, man, I'm, I'm reading in the news, like, Jews are the most targeted even now. And this has been coming up for years, Jesse. And and it's hard, for, I think, people to, to get their heads around because, you know, because we're generally, you know, we don't look like a minority, but we are. So maybe you can start us off and explain a little bit about why that is and then what Stand With Us Canada it wants to do about it. Absolutely. Thank you. You know, like you mentioned uh, according to crimes reported by police in Canada in 2020, the Jewish population was actually the most targeted religious group uh, in the country. And that's no, it's not a surprise, it's no change. It's actually been increasing year over year for the last six years consecutively. Um, and to answer your question as to why, I mean, it's, it's difficult to explain. It's like any bigotry, right? I mean, those of us who try not to have hatred in our hearts uh, find it hard to relate to those who can. And our goal at Stand With Us, you know, is to educate people, not only bring to light the issues that exist and the anti-Semitism that we're seeing day to day, um, but also to educate them, uh, you know, about Israel, about the uh, the truth to, to the narrative and some of the ways that narrative can be misconstrued in mainstream media, and also, you know, the wonderful innovations Israel has brought to light. Um, you know, around the world, the different technological advancements, irrigation and things like that. And we hope that by sharing the wonderful things that Israel has contributed to society in a, a you know, an incredibly peaceful way, that people will understand that Israel is is more than maybe they might see in the media. You said off the top there, the most um, um, targeted attacked. Pardon me? The most targeted religious group. The most targeted religious group. But... Um, it transcends that it's most targeted group wouldn't it be like uh yes you know it it depends just because it's a small population sometimes uh you know the numbers can be skewed a little bit but Mm -hmm. as it relates to per capita yes the most targeted group for sure yeah i would think i mean all i read and you know and i feel bad my boy here one of my best friends here howard my colleague for 30 years it's i read that stuff and it just you know, you feel heavy-hearted because, you know, as a hoser Canadian that's never really had to deal with any of this, and somebody like me actually can't relate to, you know, those subtle comments or those or blatant bigotry. It's it's. It's not nice. <laughs> no, it's not. And, and you know, the biggest issue is that, like you said, if, if you didn't have your friend uh, Howard sitting here, then perhaps you wouldn't have even been aware that these issues existed in right. the first place, mm-hmm. right? 
And so what we do at Stand With Us is we work with student leaders on, on you know, the high school and university level to help educate their peers as to, you know, what the, what the situation here is, what's going on and, and how they can help. Right. What they can do is allies to support our community. Um, so we train student leaders. We, we you know, teach them these great educational programs. They go back to their schools, run these programs for their peers and will you know, hopefully uh, help bring that conversation to light. Uh, and, and, you know, um, make those non-Jews a part of the conversation as allies. You know, Jesse, I, I asked you why now, but I, I'm, I'm part of this conversation is enlightened me a little bit. And I'll tell you what it is, because I grew up in Saskatchewan and, and really no relationship to Jewish society. I mean, really, only Jews I really knew were my family and a, a small community. But I have no relationship with Israel. But I can tell you, I have two daughters, the youngest one is 24 and there has been a real shift the last six or seven years when it comes to israel and Mm -hmm. and i'm going to make this point and not not everyone separates how they feel about israel and palestine my youngest included with the general distrust and 6,000 years of anti-Semitism. My older brother was on the show last week, and he talked about, you know, that there's a baked into our culture distrust of Jews, and that goes back centuries. But what what you're fighting as well now, Jesse, is this is an anti-Israel sentiment that has become more popular because of social media. Maybe talk a little bit about that. Well, you mentioned how, you know, anti-Semitism is a fight that we've been dealing with for, you know, 6,000 years. And as soon as Israel came into existence, it gave those, you know, people with anti-Semitic, you know, feelings more of a reason to speak out. And it gave them something to lobby against, something to fight against. And like you said, in many cases, anti-Semitism and anti-Zionism can be conflated and sort of rolled right up into one. Um, So, yeah. So, you know, we're dealing with that fight where... Israel is presented in a light by social media influencers, mainstream media, people who aren't necessarily um, fully abreast of the situation. And what happens is you have these six and a half million followers of, let's say, you know, Bella Hadid, who put out something that was completely, um, you know, lacking, lacking the real facts. Okay, we'll say. Um, And all of a sudden now you have six million people that have never heard about this conflict before learning about it from something that's not correct. But but let me just jump in and say, like, do you not think obviously the rise in, you know, bigotry can also be tied into people, even Jewish people, having a debate about the way Israel and Palestine and uh, is treating Palestine right now? And because that's a legitimate there are people now that have an opinion about that. And how do you defend that? Of course, I think that um, you know it, it's hard to get into the nitty gritty. Um, well, I know, know I'm not, and I'm not asking you to, but I'm just saying you can see why there's there's a there's a discussion that Jewish people are having about how Israel is treating others. I'm not saying I'm one of them. I'm just saying I see it now in a way I never did, you know, when I was a kid. Absolutely, I think like we mentioned before, with social media, we're able to sort of spread our our, our messages a lot more. Um, swiftly and efficiently than maybe we were in the past and it's allowed us to jump into these conversations and uh you know speak up in support of others which is a a wonderful thing and uh obviously you know the israeli government is like many governments around the world not without without flaws and there are things that we we as jews need to be aware of that yeah you know what that might not be 100 percent uh okay and we accept that 
But at the same time, the state of Israel and the existence of the state of Israel and, you know, Jewish people around the world are not responsible for the actions of the Israeli government. No, that's right. Great. Yeah. And, you know, we've got a government in place right now that many will say is is likely to be more peaceful and more thoughtful of the other than maybe our past government was. Um, but as, as much as we can condemn some of, the, some of their behaviors, at the end of the day, um, you know, much of it is in response to a security threat Israel faces, not only mm-hmm. from um, Hamas, not the Palestinian people, but Hamas, their their leadership in Gaza, and of course, a number of Arab states surrounding Israel as well. An interesting part of this is, like here in Canada, Toronto, whatever, um, anti-Semitism is, people aren't aware of all that what you guys just talked about. You know what I mean? It's just top of mind. It's a Jewish guy. You make fun of a Jewish guy. Mm-hmm. You know, traditionally, that's what's happened. Why do you think, and Howard touched on it off the beginning, and we had this conversation the other day, the most targeted group, and yet very little publicity made of it because... Is it the visible minority aspect of it? A lot of people will say to you, you know, Jews are white. Yeah, right. They'll say, what, what minority? What are you talking about? You're white. And and I might, you know, be white presenting and, and I might come across as, uh, you know, uh, like uh, like everybody else, the majority. But right. ultimately, at the end of the day, we have Jews of all types of uh, different colors. We've got, you know, uh, a, a number of Jews around the world to be, you know, quite proud of our community. Um, and like you said, it's this it's this invisible minority where we have an inability for people to recognize that, you know, there is something different about us that many people like to call out regularly. But just like in the media and everything, like what, like, you know, there's incidents and I'm not going to say any particular group, but there's, you know, some racism against them. And it's like front page news, like and then you read it and you think, OK, yeah, that's bad. But what about the Jews? Like, why no publicity from that? standpoint well one of one of the first things you mentioned off the top was there there must have been something that had sparked this conversation and i'll tell you what it was right we have billboards around the city right yeah now. we're gonna get bright, to that yeah bright pink billboards in partnership with uh, our friends at jubilong um and they've they've got some pretty powerful staggering messages on them which you know i can share in just a second but but fred that's exactly what we're trying to do is we're trying to bring awareness to this issue and to have people realize that this is a major problem that people are um you know really in need of their support uh mm-hmm. and and this is how we're trying to make that to get that message across yeah i, I told uh, freddie about I, and then i'm when I say I can't remember how you got booked, it, it, it came from the billboards, obviously. And the, the one, there's two of them that I like. One is the, I read it earlier, the, we're just 75 years since the gas chamber. So no, a billboard calling out bigotry against Jews isn't an overreaction. The other one I love, and it's so Jewish, is uh, can a billboard end anti-Semitism? No, but you're not a billboard. That is so, that is a, that's Jewy right there, my friend. That's because it's funny. It's smart. It's a little bit sarcastic. How has the uh, obviously people are noticing it? I, I've seen them around, and what's the reaction been? And and has it been mostly positive, or are you getting some pushback? Um, you know what? For the definitely mostly positive. Yeah, a little bit of pushback, you know, from people that that want to you know tell us that it's a little bit over dramatic. But I think that we can all agree that you know, given the statistics we talked about earlier in the show, and the fact, like you said, Fred, that there's there's an issue with. Um, 
people being aware that this type of bigotry exists? No, it's definitely not over overreaction or overdramatic at all. Um, we have a responsibility, and, and especially here at Stand With Us, to educate those who don't know exactly the, the gravity of the situation. And these billboards are the first step. Are you are you concerned at all? Like we've seen it in the states, you know, the whole MAGA thing and uh, the so-called freedom, which really is an excuse for being able to speak out about how bigoted you are. That's seeping into Canada and changing the landscape even more for the worse, if I could say. You know what I mean? Because we're hearing it here. And we talked to Tony Clement about it yesterday, that word freedom and what it really means. And it's the right, the far right being able to be a little more vocal about their bigotry and feeling free about it. What about what about that? Is, is that part of this equation at all? Yeah, I mean, I think as it relates to the billboards, absolutely. You know, you're mm-hmm. seeing just yesterday an elderly man was attacked at, a, at an Israel Independence Day uh, parade here in Toronto. Really? Right? You're probably not going to hear too much about that on the news. Well, I don't. Um, I read the news this morning. I didn't read it, you know. And, and uh, that, by the way, that was me. I was attacked. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> just in case yeah. you said elderly no, no, man, no. and I'm like, mm. yeah, was it me, Griselda Howard? It was uh, it was a, a, another string in a series of incidents yeah. we've seen, especially you know within our within our own school boards here in Toronto this year as well. Um, and yes, there's no question that people are becoming more free more comfortable, I should say, to speak their minds with a, without fear of persecution. And listen, I agree, freedom of speech, all of, that, all of those wonderful of things, but when it begins to threaten people's safety, even as it relates to students on a university campus with the boycott, divestment, and sanction movement, right? You have these students who are becoming completely isolated, ostracized, and left in a position of feeling very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, at Ex- risk. Well, they they, they, no, they they left them very exposed, vulnerable, vulnerable. Yeah, vulnerable. exactly. Yeah, exposed. Absolutely. And, um, and so, no, go the ahead. First priority is safety. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. No, off. no, I cut I cut you. Um, so we we can accept that anti-Semitism runs deep in the the sort of the fabric of most societies. And my older brother explained last week that you know we've always been the other. Uh, biblically, and then of course historically, it's Jews through history have been the villains, and then of course that's why I say I grew up in a world where you know I was born in 1960, only 15 years or so after the creation of Israel as a state. So my whole childhood was you know people talking about giving to Israel bonds and planted tree in Israel, and this was Israel was always something you know sort of to be proud of. And finally, the Jews have a homeland. My brothers both you know spent times on a, time on a kibbutz and. I didn't because, you know, I, again, by the time I came along, it just didn't relate to it as much. But it was a, it was a childhood filled with Israel being the good. And it was a bit of a surprise to me a few years ago when my youngest was starting to talk about, you know, Palestinians and how they've been treated. And, you know, you start to open up your eyes. But as you say, listen, every government has things that aren't perfect. But if there was a place in the world that is surrounded by enemy states and the security of it is is never been more of a, an issue. And now, as we're seeing with this campaign and, and an awareness, just maybe the population to be a bit more cognizant of how Jews are treated generally and how Israel in particular is now in a place it's never been. And, and I know if you relate to what I said, but I grew up where Israel was this sort of shining example of a place finally for the Jews. 
I grew up in in the Jewish day school system here in Toronto, so there's no question. For me, until I you know reached my late teen years, everything was presented in a very positive light. Yeah, and I want to say you know as much as as I acknowledged before that, like every other government, Israel. The government of Israel does have their flaws. At the same time, Israel is, you know, the only democracy in the Middle East. It's the only place in the Middle East that you're going to find an LGBTQ parade, uh, you know, every year. It's a really inclusive society where Arabs are members of parliament there. There are, you know, real highlight you know, entitled newsworthy yeah. things that are going on that, that come up, but people need to also be aware of the wonderful things that the government does as well, the inclusive society that they've created. Um, you know, and and, and of, it's funny because uh, one, one of the first countries in the world to have a uh, positive outcome for COVID was Israel. Well, we were just last night celebrating Israel's independence, and the Consul General said just that, you know, or sorry, excuse me, it was Mayor John Tory who said, thanks to Israel, we made such great advancements in COVID. And obviously, the city of Toronto lowered the uh, state of emergency yesterday, and he was speaking in that framework, saying that who knows if we'd be where we are, and if we would have gotten vaccines rolled out the way we did if it weren't for Israel. So from a science and high tech perspective, uh, they're clearly doing wonderful things. It's like a little Silicon Valley. Speaking of vulnerable, do you as executive director of stand with us canada feel at all vulnerable have like the billboards has there been any you know pushback on those graffiti even or uh no we've um, not we've not seen any any vandalism to the billboards thankfully and most of them are mm-hmm. out of reach in a way that would make it impossible but there are some where there definitely could be and we haven't seen issues thankfully and and, you know, personally, I'll, just a quick anecdote. When I was 16, I went to Belgium with my rabbi and we we're in Brussels. And he, he told us, he pulled the society, said, I, I would recommend if you're wearing, like I wear a Magen David necklace every day. He said, if you're wearing mm-hmm. anything that would make you visibly Jewish, take it off. Mm. And it really struck me. I said, wow, coming from Toronto, I, I never imagined right. this could be. But now we're getting to a point in Toronto where it might also be you know, getting a little bit dangerous to be outwardly Jewish. We've seen in New York Hasidic men being, you know, beaten up frequently over the last Mm -hmm. year. It's happened a number of times. Um, And in Toronto, we're not getting to that point just yet, but it's definitely something to think about as we, as we continue to trend in that direction. Howard, where did you travel with your rabbi? Uh, Swift current. He was the uh, (laughs) assistant coach of our hockey team. And so, yeah, I'm from Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, Jesse. So trust me when I say I, I learned about Judaism from watching movies. Um, I don't know what to tell you, man. It's been uh, it's great ta- talking to you. The uh, billboards all, all around town, and Jesse wants everyone to go to uh, the Stand With Us Canada. What's the uh, best uh, place for people to uh, land? You have social media. You can visit us there. Stand with us, Canada, on Instagram and Facebook, and of course uh, the internet as well. Visit our website, read about our uh, our internship programs, and see some of our other press in the news as well. Standwithus.com backslash Canada. Well, listen, man. What a fine young man you are. Yeah, way to fight. What a the, fine uh... young man you are. Oh, thank you. You're <laughs> a fi- you know what you are. You're a fine bar mitzvah boy. I, you know you, I you know you, you've done uh, great work here. It's a it's a mitzvah just knowing you. You've given us nachas, and I will wish you the best of this day. You fine little Hebrew boy. <laughs> thank right. you for having me this morning, guys. It was really great chatting with you. It was, wasn't it? Likewise. You yeah, see, I, I think you probably had a better time than you thought you were going to have. You know. 
Yeah, I, I would say you exceeded my expectations. For <laughs> That's <sure>. great. Oh, <laughs> uh, do, hey, do you want to stick around for a game of Jew or No Jew? That'll, that's 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 funny. That's always you, a fun you, game. You don't want to play against me in Jewish geography. I, I promise you, I'll take you down. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you will. <laughs> you because you can do like is you can do Israeli stuff. I can't. I just know that there's a you know a bunch of stuff. But listen, my friend Jesse, all the best to you and stand with us, Canada. Great work, my friend. Thank you. Jesse. Have a great day. Take care, Take Jesse. Care. There you go. Our uh, Gig Sky guest of the day. That's who that was right there. Oh, no. Let me uh, let me get to the Gig Sky stuff. Um, of course, there's the travel rewards. If you go to gigsky.com slash travel rewards, there's discounts on 850,000 hotels around the planet and things like rental cars and such, even like amusement parks and attractions. And of course, you can always put in the promo code HF2022 for $5 off your first plan. Download the app now. Get data wherever you go. Data uh, all over the planet. Maybe you're traveling to Israel, which has great internet, by the way. Uh, use the GigSky app for Android or iOS. GigSky.com is where you get it. GigSky.com. Put in the promo code HF2022 for $5 off your first plan. Well, let's talk Bodog, and let's talk Bodog about what Bodog has to say about the Leafers game tonight against the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Leafs, yes, the favorite. Cost you $130 uh, to bet your Leafers tonight. Yeah, crazy. Um... But I guess the faith is there. It's a home game, and uh, the over-under is uh, 6.5. And, again, the Leafs minus 130 to win game pivotal. Pivotal game five tonight. Uh, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, casino player, a bodog, your number one uh, source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book. They've been providing Canadians with an unparalleled gaming experience since the year 1994. That's your bodog. Mm-hmm. When I'm... Um do you remember that sort of Trump uh, rally, or maybe it wasn't a Trump rally, but it was a rally that Trump sort of semi-endorsed when that fucking maniac in Charlottesville or drove his car through a mm-hmm. a crowd of people, and he, I think he killed somebody, and there was all these guys marching with their tiki torches. All these yeah. fucking white idiots, and Trump was saying, "Oh, there was good people on both sides." Well, mm-hmm. the, and I, I didn't understand it. I still sort of. There was something they were yelling, and I, I had never heard this thing, the Great Replacement. And they were yelling, Jews will not replace us. Jews will not replace us. And at the time, I was doing stand-up somewhere, and I was like, I saw this on TV, and I described it. And I said, you know, I don't understand. Like, do these guys think Jews want to replace them at the fucking mini-putt where they work? Or, you know, yeah, it's right. like, <laughs> Jews are, don't, don't worry, guys. You can keep your jobs at the t- fucking uh, bowling alley. We're not going right. to replace you. But I didn't realize that mm-hmm. that was part of a, a greater, and David was explaining this to me once, there's this theory that, I don't know, like that that somehow Jews were going to replace them in society, or they're worried about being replaced by others, whether it's Jews or immigrants, because that's really at the height, at the, not the height, the, the point of it all is that mm-hmm. people felt, people feel threatened, white people feel threatened, not just by Jews but by all others, that somehow their lives are going to be made worse if they let other people in. But the problem is their lives are already worse, and it's made worse by their own who they keep electing. 
Of course. And again, I sound like an old broken record, but, you know, I'm still convinced after our conversation yesterday with Tony, which we fully appreciate, again, this whole, this freedom thing, this dog whistle thing, I'll tell you, it's it's out there, people, just be aware of it, and we just don't want to go there. Like, we have enough problems in this world without adding to it, communities not getting along because of their color or their race or their religion. We just don't want to go there. And the, and the great thing about it is, if it's a great thing, the people that want to go there are just fucking simpletons. Hopefully in Canada, there's not enough of them. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. I'm don't gonna kid me. Even this new blue Ontario. Don't kid me. You can dress it up any fucking way you want to. I know what you're all about. You pricks. You know, your little speeches and, you know, we have a candidate in every riding. Why aren't we getting attention? You know, you're not getting attention because you're fucking stupid. That's why you're sickening. The um, so the great replacement refers to the also known as replacement theory is basically what I said. It says that, you know, people are are worried that non you know, sort of whites are worried that non-whites or non-European whites Mm -hmm are going to somehow through mass migration and such and demographic mm-hmm. growth and such. I mean, listen, mm-hmm. you know, the Canada that we grew up in that I refer to in the 60s and early 70s, you know, again, my, my only relationship with Israel is people talking about supporting Israel, plant a tree in Israel, your Israeli bonds were a big thing because they were trying to create a help create an economy in a place that didn't exist 15 years before I was born. And but I think our country, and I'll say this, the the Canada we grew up in has only been made better by others. You know, we live in a city now where more than 50% of the population isn't white or you know mm-hmm. whatever European. And this is one of the most culturally diverse and vibrant and wonderful cities in the world because of immigration and others. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just hard to grasp or understand the evil within so many out there. You know, this whole movement, which just turns my stomach. It's like, what's within you that you want to waste any part of your day with that? Yeah. The, where do you get the energy just, for it's it? Just not, it's right. It's just not productive. You know what I mean? The world is evolving. You know, there might be... You know, interracial marriage and gay marriage. and you know, The world's changing. So are you going to fight it through a political party? Like, really? Well, really? Think, well, and, 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 and why? Yeah, yeah you, and the two things. The energy it takes to be hateful mm-hmm. all the time. And then the energy it would take to be part of a hateful organization. It's like, I, I just want to watch golf and, you know, the occasional Netflix movie. You know, it's funny. You mentioned interracial couples. Which you're part of, uh, as you know. Um, but you know, one of my kids is in a, you know, in that kind of relationship, and I and I remember saying to her, you know, a few years ago, like, listen, you guys, just know this that you're going to run into some stuff in your life that may not be yeah. pleasant. You know, you're Jewish. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not, um, mm-hmm. and of. Uh, uh, you know, and, and I just said, it's, it sort of pains me to have to tell you that, but you're going to run into it. It's just not going to, it's inevitable. 
Did I? Maybe I told you. I don't know if it was on the show or off the show when I was in Panama City Beach with uh, my wife and my brother-in-law, Clyde. And if you saw Clyde, you'd say, hey, there's a black guy. Yeah. I, I told you that while we were there, the things he had to think about that I didn't, he was very concerned about doing the speed limit and being very cautious on the road because he did not want to get stopped. Yeah. He didn't even want to go there. He didn't want to even take the chance. And I thought, isn't that interesting? He gets up in the morning and he's thinking about that and it doesn't even enter my mind. Yeah. And that's just one example. Oh, yeah. That's just one example that, you, you know, that you can't relate to. Well, you can because you've had to deal with it from the Jewish standpoint, but 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 not like that. Like a guy like me has has never really ever had to deal with that stuff, and you take so much for granted. Here's how I have to deal with it: is when I'm in a group of people, or somebody you know makes a remark or does a, you know, where people will say weird Jewish stuff to me, and I've spoken about it on the show. They don't even think it's weird because of what Jesse said and where we're talking about, we're not visibly minorities. We're just a, but we are a very, very fringe group in terms of population wise, but we somehow seem to get over index. We sort of punch above our weight in terms of hatred towards Jews. But I've had people say like really pretty shitty things, not think, but not thinking they were, you know, just stuff about you know being cheap and and you know miserly and you know every something got Jewed out of it. You know, I've actually had a human being say, "Well, let me see, let me Jew him down," like in front of me, and I'm like, "Really? Would you say that about if I were black? Would you say you know would you n word me?" But you know, I'll tell you, my my daughter's boyfriend. Uh, I remember they were on their they went because she was living in New York and he would come visit her. And I just said, yeah, you, you know, you just, you know, there's going to be people looking at you white and he black. It's going to be, mm-hmm. you're going to have to put up with some stuff, unfortunately. And I, and I think where it comes from is just stupidity. Because, mm-hmm. like, I don't know any smart people that are racist. I just don't. Well, that's it. And I, and I got to be honest to you. When I was a kid, the term, oh, yeah, Jew him down. Yeah. Was widely used. But again, I didn't know really. It was just a word. It wasn't attached to anybody. You know what I mean? If that's an explanation. Because I really didn't make the connection of... Because I was even... Like, my mom worked for a Jewish guy, and he was just a Jewish guy, and she brought bagels home the odd time. You know, that was the extent of it. But I... There was a lot of, like, the eeny, meeny, miny, mo catcha by the toe. Oh, yeah. As, yep. as a kid. <clears throat> and we all said um, those things were said, not not to make excuses for it, but often those things were said without any real thought. But what does that mean? That's from ignorance, not knowing what you're saying or the impact that it could have on others. A hundred percent. We we called those candies and babies. Yes. So by 2022, you would think that we could have uh, moved on from that. And here we are with the seed of a whole movement that wants to make it worse. And don't kid me, that's exactly what they want to do. So, uh, and, and it's funny how all these movements, the one you're talking about, whatever that blue party bullshit is, and then the convoy people and the fucking freedom yes. this and that, it really is like I, I t- saw somebody tweet something, and it was, again, it was a racist white guy, and I, and I sort of just, my comment was, yeah, I'm pretty much typically, like they all look the mm-hmm. same. They mm-hmm. all just sort of look vacant and sort yes. of dumb. I'm going to play you a clip of uh, something that 
I, I started following these guys on Twitter. I, I, I don't even know who they are, but they have really sort of funny anti-Trump content. Um, they're Chuck and Jim. Is I think there's two dudes from Texas that are married to each other for 34 years, but they have some funny shit. Anyway, here's a guy talking to a Trump supporter about who would you rather have as president? Who would you rather have president, uh, Joe Biden or Vladimir Putin? Oh, Putin. Definitely. And and why, and why is that? Um, I believe he's been given a tough... Uh, since, since World War II, uh, Russia's been the bad guy. When in actuality, the Nazis left Germany and they ended up going to the Ukraine, coming in here. George Bush was, was actually... Thank you. George Bush was actually a Nazi. And this woman who believes it. Yep. Mm-hmm. First of all, she got that from Tucker Carlson. Mm-hmm. You know, secondly, she's wearing a Trump toque and Trump and USA mittens. Yeah. And I'll feel sorry for her because she's just regurgitating. And she's not doing a great job, but she's kind of mm-hmm. she's regurgitating the talking points of the movement mm-hmm. that she follows. Yep. George Bush was a fucking Nazi. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to know about these people. Because as I said a second ago, I don't know any smart people that are racist. No, no, not at all. If there, if, if there is, any, is any degree of intelligence there, it's, um, it's, it's religious based. Or hatred. It's funny you say that because our next slide, I was because mm-hmm. I, I, I wanted to make this point. Just what you said, it all comes down. And that's why I'm so anti-religion, because it all the hatred in the world comes down to you. It's somewhere is there is a religious mm-hmm. component. This is a great meme. And it's a picture of uh, what's her face from Downton Abbey. She's like the old grandma uh, lady. Right. Yeah. And, and it's just a picture of her and it says, my dear, religion is like a penis. It's a perfectly fine thing for one to have and take pride in. But when, when one takes it out and waves it in my face, we have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, and that's yep. the thing. It's like, you know, and, and people who defend religion to me all the time. Well, there's, they do mm-hmm. lots of good things, too. Yes, it does. Yes, there are fine components to faith. Mm-hmm. But that's not what this is. No, it's not. And uh, it's disturbing. It can be, uh, yeah. you know, for sure. And again, I don't want to go. I'm people have heard the show before know all the bits that I do about people with saying weird Jew stuff to me. I, I always think of that guy in the parking lot saying to me, hey, how's my favorite Jew right. boy? How's um, my favorite <clears throat> Jew boy? You actually said I, that out loud? On Saturday, driving up here, I was coming into Peterborough. The It's called the Parkway, the off-ramp there. And there was about... I don't know if I told you this, about seven or eight cars all dressed up with Canadian flags, all sort of in a convoy. So I sped up to see, and of course, Freedom was all written on the side of the cars, and they were shitty, beat-up cars, and, you know, you could see in the cars the usual suspects. And I thought, isn't that interesting? Peterborough, like Freedom. What? Yeah. You know, Jesus Christ. We are <laughs> the lakes. Well, you know, some of the most beautiful scenery and recreational areas in the world and you're driving your little asshole convoy into peterborough for for what reason yeah. and again you know people say well you don't know for sure yeah i know it i could you could, i could feel it out of those cars yeah. what, what was within those cars the you could just 
it's it's just intolerance and hatred. That's what it's about. And it as I've said to you a few times since uh, the Ukraine thing happened, the war, the uh, I don't even yeah. how do you how do you call it a war? You fucking Russia yeah. invaded mm-hmm. Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So ever since the invasion, you know, you really get a sense of what those people mm-hmm. have had their freedom taken away. That's why I said the convoy people should be embarrassed. Like well, when they see shots of uh, Ukraine on the news, they should just be like, well, you know, we're just going to go home now because we have all the fucking freedom we need. Mm-hmm. We're not living when in I some say, burned out that, factory. I, I, feel like, I feel like pulling over and talking to them and just, you know, not confrontational. No. Fuck. That's an interesting still uh, shot of Fred. On it I is. Zoom, yeah, it yeah. is. No, I don't know. Yeah. He was going to be yeah. making a great point there. Yeah. Dan, is it do you find it strange that you grew up in a religion, a religious world and uh, and grew up to hate the Jews? And yet you're one of your best friends is Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Yeah, I see you're characterizing. Uh, what, wasn't like, here's the wasn't, thing. Wasn't part of every Sunday morning. And don't forget, before you leave for the week, remember we hate the Jews. As you may expect, and you know my dad. Of course I did. He, as a as a Lutheran minister, he was Loveliest a very liberal and uh, welcoming person. And he had all kinds of... Uh, in fact, I remember he had made... Uh, uh, he made a connection with uh, uh, the nearby rabbi. And they had had, uh, they, you know, he had the rabbi over and he went over to the, to the synagogue. And I think there was some Sunday school exchange stuff going nice. on or whatever. And it was, a, it was, you know, like it was a welcoming kind of thing, yeah. you know, like, hey, you know, the basis of the Christian religion <laughs> is starts out with the Jews. Yeah. You know, they did, they did, you know, influence the whole Jesus on the cross thing. But, you but know, I, 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 on the other hand, uh, okay, just stop because the whole thing was rewritten in the 17th century by 47 white guys who were interpreting but i get what you're saying yeah, did you yeah. not did you not tell me once that your dad uh took on the rabbi in a sumo suit uh, fundraiser at the local fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did, did fred's uh fred we lost you there bud you were making a and now we can't hear you your mic's off you have to turn your mic on there you go yeah well what? i was mid rant there but it's fine Let's uh, move on. Yeah, I, I can't over. remember. Yeah, well, I, we, I yeah. can't remember where you were, but you were saying, I think something about you look inside the, the people that are inside the, this movement, and you can tell who they really are, etc. And he's gone again. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm moving on from this. Uh, oh, there you're back. You're, you 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 uh, stopped again there, boo boo. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say. All right. Well, we can revisit this when you're back in uh, in the Brampton office. Uh, Kyle Kirby here. Uh, obviously, some we, we talked about Kyle earlier in the show. We're going to get to Kyle's latest uh, stuff that he's done. Amazing work. It's got some great. He's been giving us some great stories, but and some great uh, production. But first, uh, we've got to get to the Dandaran news for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, but did you hear the part there? about where uh, Dan's father gave a sermon every week and it would say, oh, don't forget, everyone, don't forget to hate the Jews. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he took on a rabbi in a sumo suit. It's all it's all there in Dan's biography. <laughs> now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dandaran, the Anchorman comes As for credentials, he has none Can't tell a headline from his bum But his voice is nice and low 
Dan Duran, the anchorman's here. He's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. Yeah, it is. His voice is very low, and today his voice is brought to you by HealthGage. Go to healthgage.com. Put in the promo code HUMBLEFREDHG for 15% off and check out a big story today I was reading uh, in one of my little um, newsletters I subscribe to about the world of these watches, these health... It's funny, this conversation we had yesterday with Tim about the idea that people are moving past just having a fitness watch into a whole category that Health Gauge is one of the leading um, uh, products out there of a whole category of... Uh, fit not just fitness but health uh, devices that you can share it's right in the sweet spot of health cage that information that you can gather and share with healthcare professionals healthcage.com promo code is humblefredhg and now here's dan duran Canada's Competition Bureau doesn't like the Rogers Shaw deal and is going to court. Now, if you remember in the depths of COVID 14 months ago, Rogers bought Shaw uh, for the bargain price of 26 billion bucks. Wow. The CRTC eventually said, yeah, okay. Uh, but now the Competition Bureau is worried about lack of mobile phone competition, which they tend to always worry about. Uh, it's because Shaw owns Freedom Mobile. Remember, Freedom came online a while ago and then was, sh- was sold to Shaw. Uh, the idea was that Freedom was going to provide more competition. And actually, it did have an impact on cell phone service pricing. But... And since the announcement, Shaw seems to have backed off by investing less in its networks and pulled back on marketing and promotional activity to woo new customers. Rogers says that they'll uh, they'll sell it off. Hey, but they only mentioned that just recently. They don't really have a prospective buyer. Eliminating Shaw would remove a strong independent competitor in Canada's wireless market, one that has driven down prices, made data more accessible, and offered innovative services to its services to its customers, as according to the competition bureau. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't seem to have the same freedom they have in other countries when it comes to the choices. And they keep trying to do this, and and you know, I was surprised that it got this far. Uh, I thought the CRTC would would say something about it because again, the, this whole uh, aggregation of all the is, is of all these media companies mm-hmm. is at the root of some of the problems that we have with with uh, you know the the world and it, because it's integrated, they're looking for more use of their data streams and can charge more money for that. And I don't know, it just doesn't seem to have it all concentrated. Is a really good idea at all. <clears throat> It's the uh, from our standpoint, it's the it's the crushing of creativity in our industry that bothers me more than anything. And it's a byproduct of that. Yeah. You know, these monopolies and then, you know, bottom line and like all companies want to do. But when you're in the entertainment industry and uh, you start taking away from that level, that's what I find disappointing because the odd time that I listen to radio stations now, it's just like, wow just ain't the way it used to be and I, that's not an old guy you know being bitter that's it's there to be heard well to be clear we are old guys and occasionally can be bitter but i know what you're I saying like when, when we were first starting out radio stations in canada were only allowed to have one am signal and one fm signal in a market and it wasn't until you and i had been doing a show for a while me like when i joined cfny the spirit of radio in 1989 
you were only still allowed to own one of each. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so our, 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 in- our AM station was Key 590, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe so. I yeah. think you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry, Dan. What were you going to say? Oh, no. But in, in so all the big companies had... Uh, a couple of stations in each market across, well, not even all across Canada, but in a lot of markets, the major markets they had, yes, they had media, media markets they had, they had somebody in there. However, uh, what did that move up to four, or is there a limit anymore? I don't know about the limit, but it definitely changed where you were allowed to own multiple. Yeah, it's two and two. I think is it, is I, I, that's a good question, Dan. Is it a limit, mm-hmm. Fred? Yeah, I think it is two and two. Yep. Huh. But like in the Toronto area, the greater Toronto area, I mean, there's stations in uh, in the, that are in the outside areas that those companies can own oh, now absolutely. too that have yeah. penetration into the uh, into the Toronto area, uh-huh. like in Hamilton or whatever, right? But but content creation aside, I mean, I thought part of your story that I'm I find fascinating is just how limited we are when it comes to. Cell cellular coverage and carriers. You're really only limited. Oh, yeah. You, it, whereas in the states, mm-hmm. you know, it's wide open. And I know yep. it's been explained to us before that because of the, the size of our country and because of the infrastructure, it's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but three companies have 84 percent of the uh, uh, of all of the subscribers yeah. in Canada, like Telus and Bell and and Rogers. Yeah. Those are the guys. <laughs> yep, yep. It's kind of like beer used to be, and you know, before the microbrewery explosion. But even there, Howard, a lot of the big brewers have gobbled up those uh, microbreweries. And, and yeah, you don't even true. know it. That's true. You don't even know it. I mean, you grab a can and you think, oh, this is some wacky little microbrewery. And then you see <laughs> the big company name on the side of it. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, they gobbled you guys up. You had a beer for about 15 seconds there, right? And then that was uh, bought by the by Big Beer. Well, by Big Beer. <laughs> That's right. Humble and Fred. Yeah, yeah. That was one of those moments in the Humble and Fred history where we had our own beer and it seemed like a great idea. And then I got... I, I fucked over an account worth half a million dollars and I got it suspended for a week. You know, it all seemed fine. <laughs> fine. The funny thing is, that beer really did, is, you know, best of intentions. That's back, I guess that was in the 90s. Yeah, somewhere yeah. in the 90s. And, uh, you know, people started making their own uh, beer and it just tasted like goat piss, all of it. Yeah. Like, I never tasted a good one. No. No. Our buddy Brian Collins used to make it all the time, and he'd say, hey, Freddie, you want a beer? You want a beer? And then it was like, oh, this is a crapshoot. Is he going to get me like a real beer or one of his home <laughs> Do-it-yourselfers. You, yeah, and you didn't want to be know. ignorant and say, well, it depends, Brian. It all yeah, depends. Right. And then he'd go get your beer, and he'd bring out that brown plastic bottle. It'll be like, oh, Jesus <sighs> Christ. I know. It's going to take me an hour to drink this thing. <laughs> I, I never, you know, I'll, I will say this. I've had decent homemade wine my buddy stinky's dad used to make it italian mm-hmm. and the demi johns and all these it was pretty good but i've never had i've never had uh and maybe they, they're better at it now but in the days it was just awful well remember those guys used to say yeah in fact the guy that did our beer remember he claimed oh yeah i know uh, homemade home brews are no good but mine mine's different i i make it i make it a great one <laughs> that's right it was undrinkable <laughs> 
Yeah. It tastes like a hoppy malt drink or something. No, I know. It's gross. Uh, Dan, do you have any more stories before we get to Kyle Kirby? Because he's standing well, I was, by. I, yeah, I just got one. Hold on a second. Let just, me uh, Now with this, uh, is this quick second story is Dan Red. Quick second story. Listen, I just wanted to update you on the uh, on Lake Mead. You know, they found the body in the barrel the other day. Uh, I'm sorry, did what? Spoke. Who did the something? The body in the barrel? The dead body in the barrel. Just remind me, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Okay, so Lake Mead. Yes. In, you know, the Hoover Dam behind the Oh, Hoover yes, that one. Yes, there's a yes. body in a barrel, right? Body in a barrel. And they said there's going to be another body or two coming up as yep. the lake uh, dries up, and they yes. found another body. So there Bodies you go. everywhere, people. Body Bodies up. And by the way, it's all to do with global warming. There's now a 50-50 chance that the world will surpass a critical threshold of 1.5 degrees Celsius in the next five years yeah. now they're saying that that may be temporary and that it could come come back down again uh this was from the world meteorological organization their report uh, well now, there's I, heat I, waves right now in india and in pakistan and uh, and I, I, I don't know if i mentioned this the weather network i think i did mention that the, El, the la nina is hanging around longer than it's supposed to there's going to be a bunch of uh, cyclones and tornadoes coming up our way you know guys is it is it cyclical or are we really in a no we're doomed part? no we're doomed well i you know i just click on cnn.com here the first thing i see russia fires hypersonic missiles at odessa right you know in the price of gas two dollars ten cent nobody can f- afford a home it's like global warming it's the the stock market seems to be going into the shitter it's yeah Fun time. This is the end. <clears throat> Here's the thing. <laughs> I just wish someone would actually tell me, okay, this is actually the end, and it's all going to be over in five years or five months or whatever, because right. I just want to start drinking and doing heroin again. I mean, I really... Mm. I've never done so heroin. You, you'd it's a want to know the end. Well, you yes, want to know when the, I end, do. the end date. I want to know the end date so I can go on a bender. I can go on an epic death bender. I'll take you with me if you want. I don't care. Right. Okay. So you just want to know your end? You want to know your death date? Or yes, you I know do. When the planet. When well, the planet. Either or. Die? Let's just go crazy. Let's get a U-Haul, fill it with Coke and hookers, and come on. So when would you start with a Coke and hookers? I don't, as soon as they the say, oh, by the way, you're, yeah. Well, like I'll tell you right now, if I'm ever diagnosed. With anything terminal, I'm just going. I'm going out in a blaze of fucking glory. Uh, you know, you laugh. You're the comic. Ha ha ha. Honestly, I just I grandchildren. I know these, what you're going to say. Grandbaby. I know. As soon as these discussions start, they're seven and nine. Like when they're, you know, thirty-seven and thirty-nine. What's the world going to be for them? It's. You know, well, I'm gonna right in the when they should be buying homes and just having young children themselves and everything. I just and, and I know sick. you know this, and I, you're right to think about it. But uh, it can't be your worry because in when they're 37 and 39, you will be a distant, distant memory. Oh no, I know, I know, I know. And I will be still doing you know coke in a U-Haul somewhere down in the uh, <laughs> in the Baja Peninsula. <laughs> All right, Kyle. It's too hot to exist. You can't even. It's just going to be like I tell you, I was talking about this with my older brother. You know, if somehow Russia does the unthinkable. Yeah, we were talking about this. I I said something. I I said, well, what happens if they do that? I said, well, I I was just take like drive to where the bomb's coming because you don't want to be around after it hits. You don't want to be in the world. 
you know, the mm-hmm. world after a nuclear uh, in, you know, something or other, because that's not going to be any good. You don't want to be roaming deserts with your dog and, you know, looking for water. <laughs> no, <laughs> fucking Stan. Stan will not survive. Come on, Stan. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Come on I know there's some water next to the old rub and tug down there. <laughs> they have water. Hey, rub and tug. Uh, yeah. Kyle doesn't know that uh, this area I'm in, Kyle, has uh, in about a five or six block range, there's 15 rub and tugs. And, and I know you're thinking, how do I know they're rub and tugs? Well, I just know. I mean, you know, there's not a lot of physio places open on a Saturday night above a Portuguese chicken place. That's how I know. Right. <laughs> and the drapes are never open. You know, and they all have, the, the joke is they all have names like, you know, uh, Holistic Wellness Center. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, the, uh, the neon massage sign is always on. No, exactly. My favorite, of course, I walk by it all the time, the Elite Retreat, you know. Oh, yeah. It's very elite. And my joke is nothing says elite like getting your, you know, getting jerked off by a <laughs> by some old woman. And uh, I, said they, I said their slogan should be uh, the elite retreat, <laughs> the elite meet to have their meat beat. One of my favorite jokes, <laughs> one of my actual favorite jokes I've ever written, where the elite meet to have their meat beat. <laughs> um, anyway, Kyle, are you ready? Well, no, Freddie's got more. Go ahead. Well, I just want to tell you about the Chambers of oh, Commerce yes, Group Insurance by. Plan yes. before the show is over. Canada's well, number one group benefits plan for small business. There you go. Get a free quote today if you have a small business and you've considered a benefits package. This is the ticket. It is. Chamberplan.ca is where to go. As I say, there's a badge there. Get a free quote. Uh, you know, all about, uh, you find out about uh, your uh, prescriptions and uh, dental plans. And uh, they have an HR component now. And uh, focusing on mental health, a big problem during COVID. You know that. And then, you know, for fun times, they have the travel insurance, which is really uh, second to none. It's your Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Chamberplan.ca. Kyle Kirby, Tuesday intern, doing a lot of great work. How, uh, how have you been there, uh, Kyle? Not too bad. How about you? I'm, I'm good. Uh, dude, how many hours do you think you uh, racked up this uh, past seven days? Because you've done some great work, and, and I hope you're keeping track of all of it. Yeah, I'd say probably about uh, 20 to 30 hours, give or take, including with all the listening I've been doing and really studying i call it so you're 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 almost finished your internship then yeah i'd say you know about 100 hours out maybe more really how many hours do you need 160 right 60 160 160. right okay right so you're only going to be with us for a couple more weeks according to your uh plan here uh i'd say at least another month okay good uh yeah well we don't want you to go too soon but i'm glad you're racking up some hours problem with us we just we don't know if we'll be here in another month (laughs) that's right yeah i'll get my co-op cut short by this uh environmental bullshit yeah and uh we'll we'll just cack (laughs) that's that's why that's why i left not the environment we're just old enough that one of us could actually just fucking not be here next week oh yeah what happened to him oh yeah he finally expired (laughs) you know what we're at the we actually have there's i don't know if you know this kyle human beings have a best before date and we're fast approaching ours (laughs) yeah Shit, I just hit 25 and I feel like I've already hit mine. So I'm not looking forward to that. Well, you're past your sexual peak. It just gets worse from here on in. It's just not (laughs) like those times between 17 and 21. You're never going to those days are never coming back. 
Uh, it's just a hazy memory. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure it is. Yeah. You're like 18 years old, you get a boner opening the fridge. You're like, what happened here? Why do I have a boner? Just a soft breeze will do it. You know? Sure. Absolutely. Um, what do we got for uh, everyone this week? Let's not play all of these, but let's play uh, a couple of them. Kyle did some great work and I will play all of them uh, over the course of the next seven days. But here's the latest from Kyle. You know, we could give him a list of all the things that are wrong with us. You know, from uh, my sore feet to my uh-huh. my wonky knee to my stinging pee hole to this weird thing in my side to you know your uh, growth. Therapist, I was going to say that goes without. I forgot about it. yeah the therapy the uh... humble and Fred. What isn't wrong with them? Excellent. Excellent use of the program. Uh, Freddie said something before the show we were talking about you, or maybe it was on the show, about how you can hear that he's listening to the show. Yes. Which has not always been the case, Kyle, with other interns. Right. Certainly not the ones that fell asleep during the show mm-hmm. <laughs> in our studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, any feedback, fellas, for Kyle? No, I, I think that was great, and uh, I just find it so encouraging, this young man, because, you know, we've seen it so many times over the years with interns. This this kid, uh, he'll do all right, because he's willing to actually, you know, roll up the sleeves and get to it. Uh, Dan, anything about the production? I thought it was excellent, but I don't, I'm not, I I'm not, I'm not a too, producer yeah. like yeah. yourself. Yeah, I appreciate it when, it when it's being tightened up a little, especially for uh, in this day and age as you go forward. The uh, You need to be tight and concise. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, any questions, Kyle, before we move on? I, uh, so that one, the first one you sent was about, you know, mostly, what was the one? Is the third one got some uh, more Fred stuff in it? I can't uh, remember. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Let's listen to it then. Love the fact that if somebody is, uh, had heard we were doing a podcast or drove by the studio here, and they're like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna tune in to see what." Check it out. <laughs> I'm gonna check out Humble and Fred, and then two days in a row, it's like I got these veins and the pussy thing on my leg. <laughs> and what, what's that thing called? It hurts. The all new Humble and Fred show. Where does it hurt? <laughs> Humble and Fred, mature audiences only. All right, so more of the Seems same. Seems like an ongoing theme, doesn't it? Well, let's see what the other one was about. He was uh, in the room, and they peeled back my corneas. That was interesting. <laughs> that was my first operation with him. Right. And he was in the room when I had my uh, tits reduced. One of my Sonics. favorite one of my favorite yeah. afternoons that we've ever spent together. Yes. <laughs> Humble and Fred M.D., not actual doctors. Yeah, I like that one. Here's a little thing that uh, is a little technical thing that might be fun for you. So you did the premise. Fred's talking about his thing. Then you do your tag at the end, Humble and Fred, not real doctors, and then bring in another clip at the end. Just to, Again, these are just little technical things. It'll just kind of like just bring in another clip of, say, Fred saying something as the sort of uh, punchline tag. at the end. The tag. Thank you. Tagging it, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying, Kyle? Yeah, absolutely. It makes a lot of sense. And I'm sure I can find something. Oh, no, for sure. Those things. There's so many of them, but but like here, at the, just at this part here. Humble and Fred MD, not actual doctors. And then just over that, just another clip of Fred saying something. Let's try that. That's really the only thing I'd have to say is it just as a little button or as a dance at a little tag. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah, Fred, you're right. There's a little bit of a theme going on there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> 
By the way, tomorrow morning I've got to be at uh, Brampton Civic, hopefully this time to have the growth, uh, you know, scraped and analyzed and tested. Mm-hmm. Are they going to let you take it home? Maybe you could uh, just put it in a cast iron and maybe bake it. And they take it. <laughs> they take off your skin tag. You could uh, marinate oh, yes. it. And... Yes. What yes. time is your appointment tomorrow? Oh, it's after the show. I this time because you know what I went through. You know when I showed up and there was no one there and they didn't notify me and I was quite annoyed. When they finally got back to me, I said, "Hey, I want a little bit later so I don't have to interrupt my work day." So. I don't have to be there until like 10.45 or something. Well, I hope they they better have your appointment ready. They're, that doctor better show up this time. Bastards. So you better say, hey, I want, I I want, want it. it. I want it back. <laughs> so you can put it in a jar. Bastards. Put it on the shelf with all your other parts. So I understand you guys are going golfing. Well, listen, enjoy yourself. Remember, it's just a game. Don't get all crazy. Just enjoy yourself today. I'm jealous. I'm not playing golf today. I got some grown-up shit to do all day. Yes, we're yep. uh, we're golfing at a place called Belmere Winds, overlooking uh, Rice Lake. Nice. It's a lifestyle community with a golf course that uh, Darren and I golfed at about mm, seven, eight years ago, and we just want to revisit to see what improvements are what, there. What does that mean, lifestyle? Like a bunch of swingers and stuff? Is that the lifestyle? Yeah. You got the uh-huh. swingers? You guys going uh-huh. over there to check out swingers? Mm-hmm. Get it, swingers, golf, swingers. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and they swing mm-hmm. by the course, you know. Like are there, are they, do they golf nude? Is that one of those places, like lifestyle oh, places? Yeah. Old guys, <laughs> big saggy sacks have to be lifted out of the way every time they swing a golf club. <laughs> I think I would literally, if I swung, if I, if I played nude now, literally one of my balls would, uh, I'd be like getting nutted every time I swing. I'd just be like, oh, absolutely. Fucking whipping back and forth. Dan Duran, I'd have to, people would have to stand aside. Step four, Dan Duran driving. <laughs> do they have nude golf courses? You would know this. Oh, probably. I don't know it, but I'm sure they do. Hmm. At that Are point, you- does the visor even help? No, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Unless you have it over your stomach. You know, you got one of those dick visors they're talking about. <laughs> Fucking, that I just made up. Oh, you know, I, I just, I got a whole new load of shipment of dick visors. <laughs> uh, well, hey, so and enjoy yourself visors. for God. Yes, Humble and Fred dick visors for the summertime. This way you can play golf nude and uh, not, uh, so Dan's also playing, I understand. That's the plan, yes. Wow. And I don't take it seriously, believe me. Mm. I mean, I take it seriously. I want to do good. I try try for that. But yes. I, I, don't, I barely keep score. It's like, why? There's no reason know? to keep. Why bother? Just enjoy yourself. But, yeah. Go out there and enjoy the day, the company of Fred and Darren and their cheerful uh, demeanors. <laughs> Dan hits it pretty good, though, eh, Fred? When Dan catches it, it's quite remarkable. I find it a bit discouraging because, you know, I've been wrestling with this sport for 30 years. I mean, not serious enough, but I have this awkward, ugly little swing and he stands up there and it's like, just, it's a night. It's not only does he, when he hit it, hits it right, does the ball do what it's supposed to do, Mm. but he looks good doing it. Yeah. He he does. Well, I'll take uh, that. Thank you. No, you just, you do. That's all there is to it. You do. Dan Duran tonight, uh, starring on Gem as Dick Visor, Private Eye. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dan, I, I, yeah. I can't remember the last time I 
was a long time ago. I remember once uh, you came to with my dad and I, and he and I played golf while you took photographs of us. Which one of my yeah it was a very sweet I, afternoon with uh, with my dad. And but I, I can't remember the last time I saw you hit a golf ball. I just remember that you can hit a golf ball, and it's quite remarkable. We played uh, we played nine after you played thirty six holes one day. I think down in Florida. When I went on that golf trip with you? Oh, that's right. You, you took, I, that me, is you took like, me out. And and it was for, like, no, and I didn't play 36 yeah. holes. I'd played 18, and I came back and got you, and we went on and had a little you know, extra nine. It was fun. Yeah. It was uh, just near dusk. and uh, Yeah, it was beautiful. That's right. That was the last time we played. And, and Dan does hit it nicely, and uh, I hope you guys have a nice time. Thank you. All right. Thanks to uh, Jesse Primerano from uh, the... I don't have it in front of me anymore. The Jewish people thing. <laughs> I just, uh, I just got a letter. My family doctor is retiring. Oh, as of as of June first. Uh, it's good news and bad news. Well, I'll always be here for you. Stand with us, Canada is the uh, organization. Yeah, that won't be easy. By the way, what? Um, finding a new family doctor. It's not easy. Well, this is it. You know, I mean, he's recommended, but somebody has bought it, I guess, bought his practice. Right. I'll have to get the... Well, then would, would that person then become your doctor? Yeah, that person becomes your doctor. Okay. The only thing, I, I, my doctor is a pretty good guy, but he always is in fights with the government. Mm-hmm. So I would sit there because I was in the media. First 20 minutes would be him yes. ragging out on the, on the government <laughs> and then five minutes with my problem, which needed more. Um, it's like having Dan Duran as a doctor. Yeah. And he was something. If if you had an appointment at 1030, you were lucky to get in there by 1130. That was mm-hmm. his thing, too, which was aggravating. Like, anyway, let's move on. I'll tell you how my I don't know how my doctor does it. Dr. Sharif, uh, Dan's doctor as mm-hmm. well. I've been he's been my doctor since he was an intern at the Brampton Hospital. I met him in the, yes. the summer I came here. He's been my doctor for th- as long as I've known you. And I'll tell you one mm-hmm. thing. He, he has a scheduling. He's got it down pat. I rarely mm-hmm. go in there. And I go in there a lot. When I'm, I have to wait more than a couple minutes. He just has it figured out. Anyway. Yeah. Well, you have to go through the whole embarrassing now of a new guy looking at your nuts, right? You just get used to your doctor. Yeah. He's the only guy that gets to look at your nuts. <laughs> yeah, and now right. some, somebody new. It's going to be embarrassing. <laughs> a new nut looker? Is that's right. Saying? Especially he's like, man, Fred, you have a very nice penis. You have very large testicles and quite a smooth. <laughs> All right. Spread wide. Let me put my <laughs> no, no, that's, that's that's right. Think about See, that, though. You just meet some dude. You don't, it's just because he's a doctor. Next thing you know, he's fondling your nutsack, and he's talking about, let's have a, let me, how about I have a quick look up your asshole? Well, that's the thing. I just Dr. met Tracy. you. Dr. Tracy is the only guy that ever, ever, the only person that has ever had their finger up my ass. And now I got to go, now this guy. Jesus oh. Christ. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say allegedly. Oh, fuck. Allegedly. Oh, allegedly. That's just funny. Said that you, finger. Ah, good point. Take a load. Take a load off Annie. Um, that's true, though. This complete stranger one day in the future. He doesn't know it now, but he's about to see the great Fred Patterson's wiener. Let's have a and You know what, Fred? I like your wiener, but let's have a good look up your asshole. Yeah. I just met you. We haven't Fred, even gone to Mandarin yet. Can you move your bag to the side? <laughs> that's right. I'm going to need to get somebody in here to hold your bag while I go up your hoop. 
Kyle. Uh, who is this? Uh, who have you brought with you today, Fred? That's our intern, Kyle Kirby. He's going to be spotting my nutsack while you look up my asshole. Play this for your instructor at college. <laughs> That's right. I mean, it's Kyle, what is uh, life like on the Hubble and Fred show? We'll have a listen to this shit. This nonsense. All right. Well, listen. Uh, yeah. Sherpa tomorrow. And uh, I think uh, tomorrow's Bob Weeks. So, uh, you know, that'll be a little golf talk. We'll talk a little bit about your guys' round. And we'll talk a little bit about the state of uh, Canadian golf, which I think has never been healthier. In the meantime, here's Dan. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by GigSky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, and Hush Blankets with their 100-night guarantee. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember to listen tomorrow for more cheerful, inspirational, and motivational conversation. Take a load, like, and subscribe. There's a destination a little up the road from the habitations of the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz and the get-fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts Two turntables and a microphone Bottles and cans and just clap your hands Or just clap your hands Where's that?